Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krause explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. We've talked a few times over the past few weeks about burnout and how some physicians have transitioned into either other types of careers or picked up side gigs. But I went to the penultimate physician here to talk about what to do. Today, I want to welcome Dr. John Jurica, and he has actually focused on a podcast dedicated to non-clinical careers over the past five and a half years. So I thought he would be the best person to bring on to the show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jurica. Hi, nice to be here. Glad that we could get together and talk about this topic today. Me too. How did you get interested in this? Were you burning out yourself or how did this become your passion? I went through burnout. <laughs> yeah, I did go through burnout a couple of times and it kind of plays a role in this. What happened was I was doing some things really early in my career that were non-clinical. I was a physician advisor for a while. I was a medical director for some service lines and I was really doing it more as a way to moonlight. But then over the years, I eventually got into hospital management, did that for 14 years. And when I left that to start an urgent care center, it occurred to me there were a lot of physicians that I knew that were being, you know, becoming burned out and that the people I talked to were trying different things. And I thought, well, there's got to be more out there about non-clinical careers. So I actually started the podcast because I wanted to learn more about non-clinical careers. So I just created a podcast where I just interview as many people doing non-clinical, non-traditional careers as I could. And so that's how that whole thing came about. That's fantastic. Now, do you help guide other physicians who are in that process themselves? I do, but I do it in a different way than, let's say, as a coach would. We have, oh, heck, you know, when I started this like five and a half years ago, there were like three or four coaches out there that really had any kind of uh, notoriety or you could find online to coach physicians. Now you're probably aware there's hundreds, if not thousands of physicians who are coaches. It's just blown up. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go and get certified. I didn't feel like, you know, I could coach, I suppose. I took some courses through the APL and others, but I thought, no, I want to help people another way. So the first way was the, was the podcast. I thought I'd crank out weekly things. I'd get the word out. I'd build my email list, let people know when there were different opportunities where, you know, I could maybe point them in a direction. And then I built a, an online course. So I have like 26 lectures and uh, courses on something called the Non-Clinical Career Academy. And so I thought well, that'd be another way to do it. And then about two years ago, I started masterminds. They're just, they're non-clinical masterminds. So physicians get together and we do like a mastermind type group every month. And we uh, each get to be on the hot seat for 10 minutes. And so that seems to be actually even more powerful than the courses. So I tried different things. And then the latest thing that I'm doing is a summit with a partner who runs NewScript with me, which is an online community for physicians and other clinicians looking for non-clinical careers and basically making their life a little better than it has been. Now, I know a lot of us feel tied into medicine because of these huge student loans that we have. Is it hard for most physicians to transition into non-clinical careers because of the finances? That's a big part of it. 
you know, especially if you're only a few years out, you still have that overhang. And actually, of course, we know there's many physicians who go more than a few years out to pay their loans because they have so many hundreds of thousands of dollars of loans. So that becomes an issue. In fact, it's one of the myths, though, that that physicians have is that they won't make enough money to pay off their loans, you know. And so it turns out that's not actually true, although one shouldn't abandon a good clinical job where you are able to maintain your income until you're pretty darn sure you can do it in a non-clinical area, you know, if that's what you choose to do. But it's, yeah, it is something that holds people back. What are some of the most common career paths that people take when they decide to leave medicine? Okay, I'll tell you some of the most common I've come across, and I'll preface this by saying that one of the things that physicians don't know when they're thinking about transitioning is that there are literally thousands and thousands of jobs that pay well for physicians out there. But if you think about it, you know, when we decide to go to medical school and residency and fellowship, I mean, there's no way we could even imagine there's another step in our professional career that might come after that. But it turns out, I mean, there are so many jobs in, in like at least eight or nine major industries, and I can rattle off a few right now, but one is hospital management, thousands of jobs, physician advisors, medical directors, chief medical officer, chief informatics officer, chief quality officer, chief patient safety officer, there's all these jobs. And you can think any anyone that goes by the name chief pays a lot of money. It's a very high paying job. And you've got all the jobs in insurance companies that includes life insurance as well as health insurance and all those, you know, UM. UM is probably the number one working for an insurance company as a utilization management uh, physician advisor or medical director. So that's a big one. Um, the other big one that some people go to because they can start part-time and kind of segue into it is medical writing. And you can write as an employee or you can write as a freelancer. You can write technically, you can write CME and education for non-physicians. You can do patient education. So there's a lot of jobs there. That one requires a lot of discipline, but most physicians are pretty disciplined. What are the other big ones? Did I say pharma? Pharma's huge. You know, it's 10% of the of all healthcare costs or pharma costs. And so there's a lot of big industry and a lot they hire a lot of people. An entry-level job that a lot of people go for is medical science liaison which if you've never heard that, I can tell you what that is, but most of us know what it is. It's a medical science liaison is an educational position where you work with influencers and key opinion leaders to tell them about new drugs that are being released, basically. Some people look at them as sort of a salesperson, but they don't do any sales at all. The only thing they do is education, and then they bring information back to their companies. But then there's all kinds of other jobs in pharma too, like medical directors and medical monitors. So there's really, most physicians, unless they're actively looking, don't realize there's at least nine major industries and thousands of jobs and at least 20, 30 different specific, you know, sub jobs within the industries that are out there waiting for physicians. They need physicians. The only person that can fill those roles are physicians. Interesting. Do most of those require more education, like an MBA or, you know, any other type of That's an excellent degree. question. <laughs> that is an excellent question. So that's another myth. The myth is I don't know enough to do one of these jobs, or I need a lot of additional training to do these jobs. And the reality is most of the jobs, if you're a practicing physician or really just have made it halfway through your residency, you already have most of the skills you need. Because it's really, it's the medical background. Medical school is the key qualification. Residency helps. A little bit of practice sometimes helps on some of the jobs, obviously. But it's that medical knowledge, clinical knowledge, plus 
the other ancillaries that go with that, like knowing how to interact with patients, knowing how to present, how to communicate, how to, and plus the other thing is physicians are the best employees ever. I mean, there's no problem with absenteeism when you hire a physician. Hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of integrity. There are some positions where you might want to get additional certification. That can be 10 weeks, three months or less, six months or less, you know, in a special area. Or eventually, if you're going into management, any of those, whether it's pharmaceuticals or hospitals, you might want to get an MMM or an MBA or an MHA or one of those degrees. I happen to have a master's in public health, which kind of helped me. Um, But you don't have to do that. And half the time, you can do that as you're already starting that new job and get it supplemented by your employer. So it's not a must-have usually. There's a little more competition right now for chief medical officers, like in pharma and in hospitals, where they might look for someone with an MBA or what we call a CPE. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's a uh, certified physician executive. It's a designation that's provided by the American Association for Physician Leadership. So it's essentially, it's kind of like an MBA in and of itself, although it actually includes at least one year of actual management experience. And so it's kind of like an MBA plus. And you can actually qualify for the CPE by doing an MBA as part of your qualifications. But so, I mean, there's some people that go and get those extra degrees, but most of the time it's not necessary, really. So we've talked about finances and education holding physicians back from finding these other non-clinical jobs. What are some of the other things that hold people back? Sometimes it's this issue of, I think my reputation is going to suffer because being a physician is part of who we are. And, you know, you might even know where it's like a family thing where, you know, everyone in the family is a doctor or my son was always going to be a doctor. My daughter is going to be a brain surgeon. I have an aunt that still thinks I'm going to become a brain surgeon, (laughs) which makes no sense since I'm a family doctor. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, and then, there, and then there's this idea like, you know, I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. So that, that's, I'll wrap that up into that whole reputation issue. And the reality is when I went from being basically a run of the mill, you know, one of dozens of family physicians on my hospital staff to becoming a medical director and then chief medical officer, I mean, my reputation, my gravitas in a way was much higher when I was chief medical officer in the hospital than when I was just a family physician. I mean, there's nothing wrong with family physicians, and I hope we have lots of them in years to come. But when you do one of these jobs, you're still a doctor. They, everyone talks to you as doctor. They respect you. They acknowledge your skills. And actually, you've kind of, in my mind, you've actually moved to a higher level. You know, you, if you think of all physicians, it's kind of like this, well, it's just a bunch of doctors, but, oh, this is the chief medical officer of a Medicare administrative contractor, or this is the chief medical officer of you know, some pharma company or something like that, or chief medical information officer, or even even medical director, It's there, there's no loss of reputation whatsoever. And then the other is, and this is another big one, and if you really think through it, you know, we have an attachment to taking care of patients. I mean, that's why we went into medicine. If you walk through the process and think about the jobs I've spoken about, most of them, you help a whole lot more patients than you would treating them one by one. So I went from being a family physician, you know, I was taking care of patients. 90% of what I saw was viral illnesses and minor aches and pains. (laughs) I caught a few cancers and made some life, you know, affecting changes in my care. But when I was CMO, 
had measurable improvements in the patient safety and the mortality rates, complication rates, surgical, you know, performance, all those things for my, and my hospital, you know, was the biggest employer and biggest hospital in this community, which is relatively small town. So I had a much bigger impact. If you're in pharma and you're on a team that's either developing or keeping sure that your safety features of a drug are monitored and tracked and you're going to help a whole lot more patients avoid some illness or live longer or avoid complications or, you know, and if you walk through each of these jobs, it's all about ultimately patient care in the end. I mean, we're not talking about someone going to work in a non-healthcare related industry. Most of these jobs are in a kind of industries I've spoken about. So you're really having a bigger impact ultimately. Now, again, that doesn't mean I don't want to have a doctor there take care of me. So I don't want everyone to, to bail now based on what I'm saying, but you know, don't be afraid. If you were to the point in your career where you're kind of burned out, you're worn out, you're, it's affecting your marriage, it's affecting your relationships, you're not seeing your kids, you're working long hours, you're, you know, then you really have to think about trying something else. And it might be something that's actually even better in some ways. Now, I understand you're actually bringing together some of the biggest names in non-clinical careers, other people who have podcasts or coaches to kind of get together with physicians in an online environment. Can you tell us about the summit that you have coming up? Yes. About two or three years ago, another family physician and I, we we got together to create an alternative to Facebook, which is this called NewScript. So it's basically a private online community, no advertising. It's open to physicians, nurses, podiatrists, oral surgeons, anybody who's a licensed clinician. So we've been doing that for a couple of years. We have a lot of free content inside Although I say the term free a little loosely because you have to pay a monthly fee to join. It's like $7.99 a month. But when you're in there, there's a lot of videos. There's a lot of content that you can access. Well, we wanted to think of another way to really bring something to those maybe that aren't in NewScript, get the word out about us, but then also share the expertise because we have a dozen or so mentors who are in NewScript who are specialists in different areas. So we thought, okay, let's do a summit. Summits have become very popular. The thing that's kind of cool about a summit is it's always set up to be free. People that come to the live event and watch it live, they can do that for free. They can take all the notes they want. They can get the contact information for the people. And then for those that want to get the recordings, you know, maybe get some extra bonuses, then there's usually like a small fee. So we thought, okay, that'd be fantastic. And we wanted to keep it kind of low tech. So it's actually live. The whole thing is live on Zoom. It's actually going to be run off my own normal Zoom meeting software, nothing fancy. And we're just going to have four lectures each night in the middle of a week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So a total of 12 lectures covering everything from pharma to hospital management to how to make your marriage survive when you're in you know, one of these jobs to things about coaching, telemedicine, locum tenens. And again, it's over three days. It's 12 total hours of mostly it'll be 30 minutes of lecture and like 20 minutes of Q&A. And it's just live. And then again, we'll also offer some recordings. But we wanted to do something that essentially would should have almost no barrier to participation. And it's at night. So that we I did a survey to see when did you want to have this? And I put out there Saturday, Wednesday, you know, whatever. Wednesday night was the best choice. Well, we're going to do three nights. So it's going to be Tuesday through Thursday. April 11th through the 13th. Now, we're actually still in the process of setting it up, 
But if you like, I can give you a link to where people can go so that they can get onto a sign-up list. Again, it's free. It's just that I need a holding place. So I'll do that. Then. It's yeah, non-clinical, nonclinicalphysicians.com. That's my website. So I'm using like a pretty link off my website. So it's nonclinicalphysicians.com forward slash summit 2023. So summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, and then the numbers 2023. If you go there, it's a tiny little landing page that just says, hey, we've got your name. We'll send you the information as soon as we have the ability for people to sign up, which we haven't set up quite yet. But this week, it should be up and going. Actually, this week while we're recording this. So I'm not sure where we're going to be posting this, but it'll probably already be up and ready to go at that point. And this will just redirect you to that site. I noticed that one of the speakers that you're having on there is Dr. Chelsea Turgeon, and we just had her on the show a few weeks ago. I saw that. What did you think about Chelsea? Oh, she's fantastic. I love that she realized this was not for her and just took off and did her own bohemian thing. She's traveling all over the place, and she's made a whole yep. career out of helping others. We're kind of in the same position. The thing was, and I'll tell you a secret, you know, I said all the lectures are live. I actually had to record hers because... She wanted to participate and she's currently in Bulgaria and it was going to be like impossible because she'd have to do it at two in the morning or something crazy. So we actually recorded. And so I got to reacquaint myself with her because she had been on the podcast once before. So yeah, all of the speakers that we have, they really, they're just committed to sharing what they've learned and inspire other people that, you know, if they're not happy, you know, if they're not fulfilled and satisfied, let's try something else that'll still build on your training. It's actually essential. She's a very good example of the kind of people that, and she's a mentor in NewScript. So that's where we're getting most of our speakers. I love that. Can you talk a little bit more about NewScript? I know you said $7.99 a month and you have access to videos, but what more would you get by joining that website? So let's see, NewScript, this is how it usually works. Tom Davis, my partner, and I, and then most of the mentors are posting something that's newsworthy, some tips, some tricks, something. Usually it's about any kind of non-clinical side job or non-clinical full-time work or even just other interesting things that help with burnout. And as I said, it's nice because there's other clinicians in there other than physicians but for example, I have posted a bunch of videos and audio recordings that I've done over the years, all related to this topic. Tom Davis has posted his telemedicine course. It's like an introductory course to telemedicine. So it's free by virtue of being in there. I put a course in there on how to become an MSL. It's like four and a half, five hours of lectures. There are things in there that you can just tap into like immediately and then the mentors interact with you. And if you have an interest in telemedicine, you can actually tap into like a Sharissa Sandro, who's an expert in telemedicine, and she'll just respond to you inside NewScript and give you some advice. And if you know, if you want to set up a coaching relationship with some of these people, that's fine with us. We don't restrict that in NewScript. So those are the main things. We have live streams. And then I've been doing webinars. They're not actually in NewScript, but they're actually promoted to NewScript and they're supported by NewScript. So like I did a webinar on a couple of these topics in the last month and a half, and they're free. They've been free so far. I might have to start charging. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> Do you put people in contact with employers who are looking for positions for these various jobs as well? We do that in, not in the, like a formal, like we don't have a job board like a okay. lot of professional associations and societies, but when we come across things like that, we'll do it. And so like Andrew Wilner, who's a telemedicine specialist, he'll put a list of 
companies that recruit, tell them not he's locums, sorry, that are looking for locums or when Tom Davis goes in there, he has a lot of information too about telemedicine and he'll put a list in there of the five top companies to work for. So yeah, we share those things. They're more on an ad hoc basis. But if somebody asks, like they ask me, what are the best consulting firms? Then I'll just send in like a list of the top 20 healthcare consulting firms that I've compiled in the last year. So yeah, there's always, you know, we kind of, in some ways, gear to what people need and what they're asking for with inside of new script. So now that has a different place to go to sign up. If you want to learn more about it, tell you what, we use my link again, the nonclinicalphysicians.com forward slash new script, N-E-W-S-C-R-I-P-T. So that takes you actually to a landing page where you can read a little bit more about new script. And if you want to sign up, you can sign up there. And then I guess last question. What's the name of your podcast? I forgot to ask you at the beginning oh, of the Oh, the show. podcast. What is that <laughs> again? I don't Let's see. The podcast is Physician Non-Clinical Careers with John Jerica. I assume find it on Apple or any Yeah, of it's everywhere. Sites. That. What are the two big ones now? Apple and Spotify. Everyone's yeah. moved from everything else to Spotify and Apple. I mean, they're all on everything, you know, but people that are looking have gotten to Especially if you're paying, of course, our podcasts are free on Spotify. It doesn't cost anything, but. Well, I guess one more time, nonclinicalphysicians.com forward slash summit 2023, if they want to go yes. into that free summit that you're going to have in April. And you said April 11th through 13th. Is that correct? That's right. And let me say one other thing for the podcast, mm -hmm. because yeah. it is, it's in the works. We might be. Financial residency, I think, might end up being a, uh, like a, an affiliate. Oh, good. So well, there might be even a better link to use. And so that you will, I think, be working out with someone on your team. So either of those links you can throw in the show notes and whatever works out best, there's going to be a place for people to track us down. That sounds fantastic. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the show today. I look forward to seeing what this summit brings. Got my fingers crossed. I still got a lot of work to do. And Tom Davis, <laughs> my partner, but I think it's I think it's gonna be fun. We gotta look at it as fun and exciting and just being out there to help all of our colleagues who might need some help right now, you know. That's good. That's really right. good. Well, thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you'll all be back next week for Grand Rounds. <laughs>